Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash bookshow. Then go over to morbidlybeautiful.com as we are now part of the Morbidly Beautiful Podcasting Network. It has been established that persons who have recently died have been returning to life and committing acts of murder. Have you checked the children? children, children. I want to play a game. The box. You opened it. We came. This is the All-American Sweet Hello and welcome to another edition of the All-American Spook Show Podcast. I'm Josh and I'm joined here with Donnie hey. and the Professor Smoke. Oh. Will couldn't be with us, he's on assignment, but we are here to uh, talk about Donnie's choice. It was his, it was t- his time to spin the wheel and the wheel of fate and uh, <laughs> make his decision and he chose Phantasm from 1979. So this was one that we had actually, I think we mentioned it before, um, we had tossed this in on a poll back in October, I believe it was, for November. Um, yeah, it was for November. And that one, w- uh, Hellraiser won that poll. Um, I don't remember. What, yeah, uh, that, I completely forgot about that. Yeah, that we, you mean when uh, you decided or made the decision? I didn't remember it until you had mentioned it. Yeah, yeah, it was on the poll with uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. And I don't remember what the final you know, breakdown was, like, you know, first, second, third place, but... Uh, Hellraiser won that poll, so that's the series that we've been, you know, we've dipped into a couple times, and uh, I think we're going to hit again on episode 109 here in the next month or so uh, for the old wild card episode, just to get us back in the, you know, because this new rotation we're doing with the horror movies now. But uh, so yeah, this week we're going to be talking about Phantasm. I guess uh, you know I, before we get into it, I'll go ahead and uh, toss out some of the u- usual information. Uh, also, we want to mention right off the top before I get into this that we are now part of the Morbidly Beautiful Podcasting Network. Uh, you might have heard that right off the top of the episode, but I'll just go ahead and mention it here that uh, we are now formally uh, in on the gag over <laughs> over at morbidlybeautiful.com. So go visit their website and uh, go listen to the other, uh, pod, uh, I guess, sister and brother podcasts now that are in, yeah. the, in the Morbidly yeah, Beautiful podcast. Yeah, there's uh, quite a bit. And, yeah, there's, I'll tell you, man, they, they've really done it well uh, over there, you know, compiling all of the content. And they they've been great with us. You yeah, know, very, uh, very gracious. And uh, um, yeah, just from, yeah, and, from and they, day one. And, yeah. and they have a sharp website. So we encourage you to go check it out and go listen to the other podcasts on the network and everything. So, uh, but if you want to contact us, you can email us at allamericanspookshow at gmail.com. Um, you can find us on Twitter at AA Spook Show. Of course, we're over on Instagram, Slasher, Facebook, uh, YouTube. You can find all, all uh, us on all of those by searching for All American Spook Show. But you can also go down to the link tree link down in the show notes. There's links to all these things. Plus, we have a T Public shop where we've got logoed merchandise, cool designs, and of course, the big one is our Patreon, Patreon.com/slash AA Spook Show, where every month we've got uh, a professor's uh, uh, retro reviews. Those are written articles. We've got Crafter Piece Theater, which is uh, our first big, you know, hit over there. Um, we've got Spook Show Rewind, Rewinds. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> Spook Show Rewind. Uh, yeah, that's terrible. Spook Show Rewind, <laughs> which is much better. Uh, we have those every month where, you know, it gives Donnie a chance to go back. We go back in the archives of the first episodes in order. Uh, when Way before Donnie was on, it gives him a chance to talk about those movies, watch those movies. 
uh, us to revisit that stuff. So that's a lot of fun. All that stuff can be found over on Patreon. I do just want to interject a little, if I can, here. Uh, Uh um, So you had uh, my my very first episode was uh, uh, when we uh, you had me on as a guest for uh, the Conjuring Two. Yep. And just before that episode, uh-huh. you guys did Monster Squad. Yep. <laughs> and I didn't find out until we were recording. God damn it, man! I was so pissed. <laughs> I was like, "What? You did Monster Squad? Not a bitch for this." Now that that will be a while before we get to that too, just because yeah, it'll the, be a bit. We're doing it'll these once a month, and we're only up to what the fourth. I guess yeah. number five is next, and I'm pretty sure that's Return of the Living Dead. It is. It that, is. That will yeah. uh, be next, and we'll do that in the month of May. But, um, yeah, we, we got a while to go before we, we get back around to the Monster Squad. But, yeah. yeah, I remember, uh, I think we got your uh, opinion on Monster Squad on that one, and you were mad that we had just, <laughs> that we had just done it. <laughs> I was like, I cannot believe and it. Unfortunately, too, like uh, we've talked about that before, we had a bad string of like a couple of shitty movies right when you came on you know it was a couple we all were kind of like yeah about you know for the first what couple episodes two or three episodes you were on it was like that so yeah but but yeah, yeah that's it's been, it's been good before we get into uh phantasm and we listen to the trailer and all, all the background and everything for that smoke this is the first time you've been on in, in a couple weeks you took a journey around the world in 80 days you've been gone for a while so in your absence we did deathgasm and we did over the top our first cannon fodder uh, you said you have not as yet had a chance to sit down and rewatch Deathgasm, right? But you did get a chance to watch Over the Top, right? Yeah, yeah. I watched Deathgasm back when it first came out, but it was six or seven years ago. So I uh, did not get a chance to watch that one, so I'll uh, update that on one of our future episodes. But Over the Top, yeah, I did rewatch that one again recently, and uh, and it's just as I thought it was going to be again, <laughs> which was fun because, I mean, it's canon film, and it's one of those, canon films it, it, even if it's not top notch as far as the script and everything in it it's still very fun to watch Sylvester Stallone by which by the way y'all might have mentioned this I haven't got had a chance to listen to the episode yet either but uh, I don't know if y'all mentioned anything about Don Johnson being yeah we did uh, we did yeah, <laughs> that, yeah we did. Uh, I can't really see that I don't, I don't know <laughs> it would have completely really changed it, it. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean you got that I mean I don't know if it would have I don't I don't know if it would have made it any better or worse but it definitely would have changed it it definitely would have made it even less believable as far as, you know, Don Johnson taking on, uh, what's his name? Bull Hurley. Bull oh, Hurley. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Fubar, Fubar guy. <laughs> that would have been a little bit less believable. I mean, you know, that guy is huge. Arm wrestling, you know, I guess, a little bit more with technique and stuff, more than just, you know, full-on strength or whatever. But still, you, I don't see Don Johnson beating Grizzly. Well, you know, we, we talked about that during the episode. It was already a stretch with Stallone, right? Like, I think yeah, I said yeah. it in that one, like, a dude the size of Bull Hurley would have broke Stallone's arm off and shoved it up his ass. You know, he's like, he's two Stallones, man. Yeah. You would think. Yeah, yeah, I mean, not the most believable, of course. And even just no. taking the, the the fact of arm wrestling itself is not that thrilling when you're putting it in a film and trying to make it very, you know. That being said, I think they did a really good job of making that as exciting as it p- could possibly yeah. be, right? Yeah. yeah, I don't think you can make it any more exciting. No. There's ways you can make it less exciting, but yeah, I don't think you could have made it any more exciting than Cannon did. Uh, and then the whole backstory with him and his son and everything. I mean, that, that was that was a it was a touching story and everything. So I mean, you had all that going on too. For me to give my rating on it, I would say now. Wait, wait, wait. Now remember, on this one, we do cannonballs. So oh, cannonballs. Uh, right. I, I'm not going to influence your uh, your rating by telling you what we said just yet. I'm going to wait to hear what you say. But basically, 
Um, it's the same thing, zero to five, like zero to five stars, but except now we're doing zero to five cannonballs. But I will say this is a different scale. It's cannon. Just keep that in mind. Yeah. So, go yeah, ahead. I, so go I, ahead. Yeah, I was going to mention that too. I was going to mention this is my, my cannon sliding scale. Yeah, <laughs> so, I, we're, I think we're all working on the cannon scale here. So with that in yeah. mind, go ahead. I have to give it, give it three and a three and a quarter cannonballs. Hmm. Okay, yeah. so now. <laughs> Cannon scale. If we were rating this outside the cannon scale, it would get a little bit lower than that. Well, I, I, I really don't know what to I don't know what to make of that because of yeah, what I'm, I'm about, what I'm, I'm about to tell you, uh, Austin. <laughs> remember now, we're gonna have a recurring segment on cannon fodder where we had uh, the author of the cannon film guide, Austin Trunick. He kind of started it, and we all kind of it kept the cannonball kept rolling downhill with us. Kind of happened this way. With Austin, all four of us gave it five cannonballs. So, five cannonballs? Oh, yeah. So with all, with all, every, like, pretty much everybody gave it five? No, all yeah, four that, of us. Yeah, that was not a total of five. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all five okay. of us, or I'm sorry, all four of us each individually gave it five cannonballs. Yeah, Will, oh. Austin, Josh, and myself. Yeah. Oh, okay. So that's interesting. Wow. So yeah. I guess I guess this is going to be the scale. Like I said, it's going to be whacked out. It's not going to be the normal, you <laughs> yeah. know, I don't think. And me, I'll speak for myself. I, I kind of went there because I know for a fact there's not a lot of canon movies that I like that much more than this. There are some, but there's probably not going to be many. I'm going to say, oh, yeah, that was way better than Over the Top. So I think it's pretty high on my scale as far oh, as canon movies. Are concerned. As we're going to, I may, my canon scale may slide a little bit more than depending on if that's how we're... Cause, uh, Five, yeah, that would have been. I mean, I, could, I guess I could adjust my cannon scale for fives when we're doing these. Not for this one necessarily this time around, but I mean for you know, <laughs> I'll keep yeah. that in mind. Since we're like kind of, yeah. we're not gonna, I guess, use cannon to. We're not gonna not necessarily give out fives like we do on the other one unless they're really warranted when it comes yeah. to cannon. We'll just, I really <laughs> think, I really think with these little sub series that we're doing, um, you know, you're gonna see that there's a, a somewhat of a sliding scale between all of them, like the Colt the cult corner movies are probably going to be measured in a different, slightly different way than the Canon movies, than the horror movies, etc. Right. So there you go. That's a, that's a smoke's thoughts on over the top. And like I said, we'll get his thoughts on death when he's had a chance to sit down and watch it again. And of course, since Will's not here this week for phantasm, uh, we'll get his thoughts on this one uh, as soon as he gets back. So we'll leave that there for now. And we'll go ahead and toss to the trailer for phantasm from 1979. Phantasm. Is it a nightmare? Phantasm. Is it an illusion? Phantasm. Is it an evil? Take me home. What? No questions. You must take me home. Phantasm. Is it a fantasy? <gasps> Phantasm. 
Is it alive? There was nobody driving. Whatever it is, if this one doesn't scare you, you're already dead. Phantasm. All right, so there you have it. That's the that's the trailer for Phantasm. So. Um, I, I guess we can uh, kind of go back and forth here just for a second. Uh, Donnie, is, uh, since this was your choice, this isn't the first time you've seen this, right? Certainly not. Uh, man, I have so many great memories of watching this when I was a kid. We were This this movie scared the shit out of us. I mean, <laughs> even though that we didn't see it you know, in, in its full uncut uh, version, we watched it on TV, and it still scared the shit out of us, even though the, you know, they cut it up as much as they did. Um, yeah, but if you think about it, you know, we'll get into that later. I'm sure there's not. I wouldn't think there's a whole massive amount here they would have cut out of it, other than the nudity, right, and maybe some language. Yeah, yeah. What else would they have cut? There wasn't anything truly gory. I don't recall. The, yeah, still, yeah. still though, like yeah. yeah, like even in its full. Yeah, e- my point is, is even, even like the made-for-TV cut can't be any better than say a PG-13 because this was rated R. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you probably saw most of it you know even yeah. on the tv version so yeah, yeah it stands to reason it would have scared the shit out of you when you're seven eight nine ten years old however old you were when yep. you watched it yeah uh let's see yeah it would have been probably nine or nine ten yeah eleven something like that myself it's been a lot like i've seen it before but it's been a long time sitting down to watch it from Beginning to end, this time around might as well have been the first time because it's been so long. Yeah. That I've watched this one, and I've never watched any of the other sequels, which we'll get into. You know how many sequels there were. Oh, really? Been. I've never watched any of the other ones. Oh wow. So yeah, this is. Oh yeah, I, I've seen it. That's right. Because we talked about that where you said you weren't sure if you saw the second one or not, but but mm-hmm. you haven't seen it, right? No, I don't. I don't believe I have. I don't think I've seen. I've any seen of the one, other. two, and three. I have not seen uh, four or the others. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. where. I, in those first three and four, I, I, I watched it. Part five picked up on DVD when it came out, but still haven't watched it. That was only, what, a few years? That was shortly after. Uh, it came out shortly, either right after or right before Angus Spoon's death, because that was his last movie, I guess. 2016. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I've even got the first one on Blu-ray, and I'm pretty sure I've got two, three, four, maybe, something like that, on, on maybe even uh, five on uh, DVD. And just never sit down and watched it. I, there's a lot like that for me, though. I, <laughs> I own it. Like, I've got it, and then I never fucking sit down and watch it. So I don't know what it says about me. But anyways, uh, Smoke, what about you? What's your history with it? Uh, I don't recall the first time I saw it, but I know I, it was sometime back in the video rental days in the 80s. And I, I, I liked it the first time I saw it. I thought it was interesting. It was different. uh different vibe to it. I don't know if it, it was that surrealistic kind of, you know, thing it's got going on that we'll get into as we get into the movie. Uh, and then, uh, then Angus Grimm is a tall man. He, he, you know, he frightened me as a kid. Boy. You know. <laughs> 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 uh, awesome. This is imposing, you know, is, is, and we'll get into that too. I'm not going to go into all that right here as far yeah. as like how tall he was and what they did to make him even seem taller and whatnot in the movie. But he was an imposing character. And especially in that one scene, 
I mean, well, there's plenty of scenes in here, but there's a scene where uh, where who? What's the kid's name right now? It's, it's uh, Mike. It Billy? Mike. Mike. <laughs> where he's um, seeing him walk across the street in broad daylight yeah. in front of the uh, ice cream truck right there. The fog from the ice cream truck coming out, and the music comes in, and he stares right at him. I mean, just, well, but like I said, we'll get into it. Just that yeah. scene right there was one that's like kind of burned into my uh, mind from when I was a kid, and I saw it. So, uh, uh, yeah, loved it from the first time I've seen it, and I've seen it quite and many times afterwards this was the first time rewatch you know that i've rewatched it in quite a little bit of time of years so. uh but just as good as i remember it gets better each time you watch it i think all right so some of the background information that i that i pulled for this one and i'm sure you guys got have a lot more to add to it it has multiple titles you know s- such as we do sometimes when when this information is available mm-hmm. to us yeah um it's also known as the working title, the U.S. working title for it was Morningside. In Argentina, it was called Phantasma. In Australia, India, and New Zealand, and maybe even in, in another couple of countries, it was released as The Never Dead. Yeah, I did see that, yeah. And then in Pakistan, it was uh, titled Zombie. In uh, <laughs> Australia, um, the reason they called it The Never Dead, uh, they didn't want to confuse it. Uh, there was a popular... Uh, uh, sex comedy at that time called <laughs> Phantasm uh, with an F. So they called it the Never Dead. They, which, they could have just yeah. said it's Phantasm, get the F out, you know, something yeah. like that. But no, <laughs> they just went with the Never Dead. Get the F out. Which, you know, the Never Dead is a clever uh, title for a horror movie, right? Maybe not so much this one, but, you know, just overall. It's kind of like, it's one of those titles that's right there in front of your face. Like, huh, something should have been called that. Kind of like Halloween, right? Nothing was called mm. Halloween until yeah. Halloween. You're like, oh, yeah, well, that, was, that was pretty fucking obvious, you know. But it was released March 28th, 1979 by New Breed Productions, and it was distributed by Avco Embassy Pictures. It was rated R, total runtime of one hour and 29 minutes. On IMDb, it has, is listed as a horror slash sci-fi, so that's pretty appropriate. Uh, it was filmed in various locations around Los Angeles and uh, Oakland, California, that's where the cemetery was, by the way, the Morningside Cemetery. That was in Oakland, somewhere outside of Oakland. Yeah. Um, for a budget of $300,000. And the worldwide gross, I guess if you add up all the, you know, different releases in multiple countries and everything, it grossed around $22 million. So, needless mm. to say, very Smash profitable. It. Yeah, very profitable. It was actually nominated for Best Horror Film at the 7th Annual Saturn Awards. So, this will be for 1979. But the awards yeah. were in July of 1980. It was nominated for Best Horror Film, and I will give you the other nominees because these are always interesting to me. The Mafu Cage. Smoke, you know anything about it? I've never fucking heard of it. The M-A-F-U Cage. Mafu Cage. Mafu Cage? No, no. I mean, I mean, I've heard the title, but don't know anything about it. Yeah, I've never even heard the title, so you got one up no. on me there. Love, me. love at First Bite. Have yeah, heard that of. one. <laughs> yeah, that's a comedy, right? That Isn't that like Leslie Nielsen or some shit? Or am I thinking of that one, like Dracula Dead and Loving It or some shit? What am I thinking of? Oh, yeah, that's Dracula Dead and Loving It. Yeah. No, this one was George Hamilton. Played yeah, Dracula. yeah, yeah, George Hamilton. You're right, you're right. The Amityville Horror, that little unknown flick. And <laughs> the winner, the actual winner of the best horror film in that uh, Saturn Award was Dracula. The 1979 version with Frank Langella. Mm. That's what won best horror over uh, Phantasm and the Amityville Horror. So thought that was interesting. I, I'm I'm really surprised mm. it beat the Amityville Horror at least, right? Like you, you might could see yep. something as a mainstream release uh, beating Phantasm, but Amityville Horror surprising. But there you go. Yeah. Did you guys have anything else? I mean, like I, I'll go through the cast here in just a second, but before we dip into that, did you yeah. guys have anything? Um, 
So I did see where Entertainment Weekly ranked this as the 17th scariest movie of all time. Whether I agree with that or not, I mean, 17, uh, like, is that 17 out of 1,000 or 17 out of 50? <laughs> or is it, you know? I guess that's out of every movie ever released. I don't know, but... I, every movie. Yeah, well, I, I guess maybe, I uh, was it the Mafu? Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. the Mafu cage. <laughs> Mafu cage, yeah. Yeah, who knows? I, um, I don't know. That's interesting. Yep. I mean... I know about that name. It's because of the ridiculous title. Like I said, I have no idea what the mock yeah. page is. Yeah. Hearing it. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's definitely one. Once you hear it, you're like, yeah, that's that's in the old brain pan there. I don't Background information. I don't really have anything. I mean, uh, anything else uh, before we get into, uh, you know, the cast. and You all mentioned that. that like a 17th scares or whatever. I really think that's got to be relative to when and where you saw it. Yeah, you know, and also, what edition of Entertainment Weekly? <laughs> well, you know? well, you're watching this movie in 2022. It's probably not really that fucking scary, right? But in 1979, you know, holy shit. Or, you know, this might have been, you know, like you said, when you were a kid, you watched this and it terrified yeah. you, right? So, like... Scared the shit. <laughs> yeah, to me, that just depends on when and where you are in your life when you saw it, as opposed, you know, to see where it's ranked the scariest movies or whatever, but... Dude. We would make like you know aluminum foil balls and throw them at each other, thinking <laughs> phantasm. <laughs> just like phantasm. <laughs> That's exactly what I thought you were gonna do. Like you just when you throw it, you have to say phantasm. <laughs> phantasm. Gosh. <laughs> and that makes as much sense as it did in the movie. To yeah. be honest with you, it start well. It, I, I guess we should go into Don Cascarelli a little bit. And, and honestly, Smoke, he's probably worth doing a spotlight on someday, right? Yeah, I, yeah. I would think so. I mean, plus just his whole wide variety of styles of movies too that he's had his hand in. Yeah, I mean, of genres. J- yeah, just some of the the the, the top uh, flicks that you know just on IMDb best known for Bubba Hotep, of course, the Phantasm series. Uh, John dies at the end. He was a writer on that. The Beastmaster. Um, favorite of mine that i can't wait to get to but anyways i digress yeah. <laughs> i mean he only has 13 directing credits but almost all of them yeah. have some you know well as opposed to like say a couple of music videos and a uh, he actually did one of the masters of horror uh incident on and off a mountain road uh he did yeah, one and of that I, ha- I got to see all of those i haven't seen every episode but that one i do remember and I, was, I, I thought that was a pretty strong episode mm-hmm. of the ones i've seen which was most of the first season anyway um but yeah the the, the first four Phantasm series, uh, four, first four Phantasm movies he directed. I think the fifth one he was just a producer on, but he was a writer and a producer on all of those. Uh, like I said, the Beastmaster. He even directed a Dio video, uh, the last, the, the last, last of, yeah, the last in yeah, line, nineteen eighty four. Yeah, I love that. I love, I love that video, and I know that that video like right away. It's, you know, pretty memorable video once you've seen it. But uh, and now I know why. <laughs> yeah, uh, John dies at the end was the last movie that he has directed. That was in twenty twelve, so it's been ten years, but. They have announced another one called Bubba Nosferatu: Curse of the She Vampires. Uh, so I don't know where that's at in in the you know in production as far as like actually happening or not, but that has been announced. Um, but yeah, it really hasn't done much over the last decade or so. So here's the hoping that we get some oh, more from Don Cascarelli eventually. Seen, either of y'all seen John Dies at the end? I've no. no, I've seen that. I've seen that movie. Like the title's like, oh yeah, you know that's interesting. You know, at least the title's gonna pull yeah. you in. But I've never sat down and watched it now. Yeah, that's, it's, you know, it's better than what you would think you would be expecting from a movie from somebody who's already, you know, kind of past their prime in the horror world. Like when you think of, John, you know, John Carpenter or, or even 
Wes Craven before he died, you know, making certain movies later on in their lives. Not necessarily weren't the best, but this one I wasn't expecting much when I saw it, and it was uh, definitely surprising. Yeah. Um, the movie stars A. Michael Baldwin as Mike. Uh, you know, he's basically the main kid. You know, what, what age would you say? He's probably about 15, 16 or so, something like that in this movie. Uh, I would probably, eh, yeah, probably about that. I mean, shit, he was driving the car, so I would imagine. <laughs> Actually, you know what? I think his real age was 14. Mm-hmm. I think his real age was 14. Because I did read something about him, uh, you know, learning to drive, you know, while he was shooting the movie. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think that was it. Uh, he, he was also a teen idol in Japan. Just a quick little trivia note there. <laughs> Michael A. Baldwin. Or A. Michael mm-hmm. Baldwin, sorry. Uh, it stars Bill Thornberry as Jody. That's his uh, older brother uh, throughout the movie. Um, really, mostly just these Phantasm movies is all you would know know the guy from. Um, he even uh, has a credit on the soundtrack for this movie, Sitting Here at Midnight. It has Reggie Bannister as Reggie. That's that's funny, right? The guy, <laughs> eh, fuck it. We, we're not going to use our imaginations. We're just going to use your real name. Okay. Sounds good. Now, he has 57 acting credits, and they, and they go all throughout. I mean, he's still active uh, today, you know, still in... Uh, random films and stuff like that but yeah mostly you'd know him from the phantasm series and really the only other one worth mentioning in my book is uh the actor that plays the tall man and that's angus scrim um, yeah angus scrim is actually his uh stage name his um his real name is lawrence guy lawrence rory guy hmm. um yeah more on him a little later yeah unfortunately he passed back in uh january of 2016 so that's been what uh a little over six years ago that was at the age of 89, uh, so unfortunately he's no longer with us. But yeah, I mean, like, really, just the Phantasm series would be the main thing, although he was in a ton of other things. He was, uh, yeah. You know, 56 acting credits on IMDb, uh, including that early 2000 series, Alias. Um, he was in that, and uh, he had a role in one of the uh, Masters of Horror episodes, that that one that Don Cascarelli did, and it's mm-hmm. on and off of Mountain Road. He was in that one. Um, tons of other things, but yeah, like, the Phantasm series is his... Lasting, uh, you know, uh, mark on the uh, on the horror yeah. genre for sure. Contribution. Yeah, yeah. And crew, I'll talk about. I'll mention one. We'll, talk, we'll get into maybe a little bit of details on that. I have a little bit later. But one one person you did, or not person, but one thing you didn't mention that's uh, an important cast member is the car. <laughs> oh. That nineteen sixty one Black Plymouth Barracuda is like is a cast member in his own right in this True. movie. It's just a badass thing, and it's uh, got some great scenes with it. And uh, Again, that we'll go into. I can go into a little bit later as far as uh, some of the things, interesting things about that. Now, this movie, like we have alluded to, and we'll go ahead and lay it out here, it did spawn four more sequels after this. Mm-hmm. Uh, Phantasm 2 came out in July of 1988. Phantasm 3, Lord of the Dead, came out in May of 1994. Phantasm 4, Oblivion, came out in October of 1998. And then, basically, I guess the series finale, unless they decide to pick it up one of these days, and I'm sure they will, but to the point, Phantasm Ravager was the last one that came out, and that was in October of 2016. Um, I don't know how much further this can go without Angus Scrim, right? Because I'm pretty sure he was in that that last one. Yeah. He was in the, the last one, the final one. Yeah, so, like I said, I don't know if they'd want to continue it or how much they can continue it without him. I'm sure they could if they want to, but I don't know if, if it's one of those deals where, like, you know what, let's just leave it since he's no longer with us. I don't know, you know, but since Don Cascarelli is still around, maybe one of these days, you know, it gets picked back up. Who knows? But 
that's where we left it with uh, the fifth one, Phantasm Ravager, in 2016. And I'm sure we will get to those other four movies, you know, sooner or later. Why fuss and fret about dinner? Why not have it right here? Yes, this drive-in offers everyone in the family a real picnic treat for dinner. We've got delicious sandwiches with all the trimmings and your other dinner favorites, plus whatever you want to drink, hot or cold. Come early before the show starts, or eat while you're being entertained, or at intermission time. So why fuss? Give your family a tasty dinner at this drive-in. For you, the listeners of the All-American Spook Show podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. So I just went in on Audible and typed in Phantasm just to see what would come up, and here we go. Phantasm Exhumed, The Unauthorized Companion by Dustin McNeil. It's uh, knocking on nine hours long, so uh, if you want to get into, I'm assuming that's a deep dive into all things Phantasm, there's at least one big option there. Uh, just a quick glance down. Well, we have another one here called Further Exhumed, The Strange Case of Phantasm Ravager by Dustin McNeil. Uh, that one's a little over, almost four and a half hours long, so that's another one uh, that he did for Phantasm. And uh, I'm looking to see if this guy, done, well, this particular guy has actually done some other things other than uh, Phantasm. Like he did a, a, a book on Jaws. Uh, Freddy versus Jason couple on uh, Halloween. So yeah, it looks like uh, mm -hmm. he, he's got some uh, cool uh, things there on Audible. So if you want to look at some work by Dustin McNeil or these two books that we found on Phantasm here, looks like some nice deep dives. Uh, you can go over to Audible and that's audibletrial.com slash spookshow. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash spookshow for your free audio book. So that, sound, that actually sounds pretty cool. I might have to check one of those out myself eventually. Especially the further down the rabbit hole we get with the Phantasm series one of these days. Look at it as a companion book, Donnie, to no. uh, to our adventures here with uh, Phantasm. Yeah, I. you know what? To each their own. I've tried to do audiobooks. I cannot. I can't. Uh, and it's, I guess I would kind of have to, it, I, I guess it's similar to, you know, finding a podcast that you can, you know, listen to on the regular. Like ours. Uh, hmm? Like ours. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. um, you have to kind of connect with the person that's, you know, talking or narrating or whatever. Um, if you don't, you're just not going to enjoy it and you're going to turn it off. True. So just, each uh, each audiobook I've tried, it's, it's I've done like, exactly that. It's kind of like while uh, our listens and downloads go up when Will's not on here, you know? It's <laughs> um, I, we've done no math or analytics on no, that. We, we, have, we, we don't have no know way of proving that. <laughs> We'll never uh, hear this. But, yeah, well, that that's a fact. I don't know how many of y'all actually sit here and listen to this. <laughs> After I we record hate, these. I am, and put them I am my own worst critic. I have the, oh, man, I have, I have horrendous porn, uh, performance anxiety. But, uh, um, you know, as far as, like, live shows, whenever we do our live shows. But, uh, um, yeah, just to me, awful. To me, the live shows are the easiest because, well, if you fuck up, you fuck up. Just keep going. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and you don't have it right <laughs> yeah like yeah exactly that, well that too no. but like i just mean that like well if you fuck up you fuck up you just have to like well shit that's me move on you know as opposed to when you're just <laughs> recording stuff and we record a lot of shit you're like ah fuck let's do it again ah fuck let's do it again you know so like it's a it's a whole thing you know but if it's yeah. live man i'm just like well you know that's me moving on you know but yeah either way everybody everybody deals with things differently and 
Uh, we all have our roles. I'm since sorry. we're on the topic of books, you know, since we did the little blurb there for uh, audiobooks and whatnot, mm-hmm. might as well take this because I don't know if I'll remember to get back to it, but that there was some misconception that Phantasm was based on a novel. Hmm. And it's, the reason of that is because there is a novel out there in a very limited run, but it was a it was first and foremost a script by uh, Don Coscarelli. And, uh, but his mom, who was a writer, took the script and wrote a novelization of it in a limited run of like 500 copies. It was like 2000-something, I think, when it came out. Mm. 2000, limited to 500 copies. And it sold out real quick. And then from time to time, it'll pop up on eBay, probably from some crazy price, because it never got reprinted. But that's the misconception that some people will say, well, Phantasm is based on a novel, but not. It was a screenplay in a movie, then the novel was written afterwards. Mm. And uh, if you want to look for it, yeah, you can probably find it from time to time, but it's probably costing arm and leg. Apparently, it's. Uh, but for anybody really interested in reading the first nine chapters, apparently it's available in an old, and you can tell it's old because this is an angelfire.com link. <laughs> Oh, wow. <laughs> Remember Angel Fire? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Lord. But, yeah, you can go, apparently, you can find it at angelfire.com. Uh, and it's, rather than me just read out this whole thing, you can probably just Google Phantasm Novel Angel Fire link. And there's like the first nine chapters on this. Anybody who's seriously interested hmm. in it, and if you're really serious, you can look for it out there somewhere, and it's probably going to cost you an arm and leg, though. But, yeah. but it is one out there. It's only limited to 500 copies. Yeah, I can only imagine. 500 <laughs> Ever published and never reprinted stuff. So. Wow, that's cool though. Um, the uh, confusion over the, the fact of whether it was a novel or a movie. First. All right, so the movie itself starts with uh, basically a couple having sex in the cemetery. Yeah. Where's yeah? I know. <laughs> like, which is how you start every horror. Yeah, movie, zero right? to sixty in fucking two seconds, man. Just bam. Here's here's a couple having sex in the cemetery and. Uh, that they actually call the, the the woman in this scene. They call her the in the in the credits the lady in lavender. She basically p- picks up a knife and then stabs the dude. The, the dude that uh, she's having sex with. His name is Tommy. Yeah, it was just uh, something I I had I had noticed. Well, I'm sorry. I was I was actually uh, looking into that. Um, there was a body double that was used. So basically, you could say there were stunt tits. Uh, they, uh, that's not unusual uh, though you do hear that quite a bit like yeah I you mean, might have you an did. actress that they think is perfect for the role she doesn't want to be yeah, nude so they, they bring in you know they bring in the stunt tits and you know or whatever <laughs> you know what have you and then you know whatever you know something else it was uh just the way that it was it was kind of shot it 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 looked like she was laying on top of them and <laughs> yeah. then like she was straddling them yeah she was just kinda, like she, they're just going to town, but in a weird position. She's just yeah. Fl- they're Unless, just flat you know. on top of each other, and all you can see is legs. And they're just, <laughs> oh baby, yeah. oh baby, and then, <laughs> and then she picks up a knife and just fucking stabs the dude dead. So you go to his funeral, and this is where you're introduced to uh, uh, friends of Tommy, the you know the the uh, the recently departed, yeah. Jody and Reggie. So basically, there's this whole thing where like they think. Uh, 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 Tommy has committed suicide, but we all know, really, he was stabbed by some random blonde lady in a fucking cemetery. Uh, meanwhile, Jody's little brother, Mike, is, like, uh, creeping around in the bushes. Uh, and then he sees the tall man pick up the casket by himself. <laughs> meanwhile, there's, like, six dudes that had just loaded this thing out, right? And then, like, tall man comes along and just picks up the casket and just tosses it into the back of the uh, of the hearse. So, immediately, he's like, what the fuck? Um... I should say, too, there's a lot of weird cuts and edits in this movie. And maybe that's just to yeah. kind of throw you off of, like, what the fuck am I watching? You know, like, I'm sure it's all by design. 
But there's a lot of that here right from the beginning. So you have to kind of wrap your brain around that, that it feels like it's jumping around a little bit. Basically, there's a whole uh, series of Jody just, I'm, I'm sorry, not Jody, Mike, following Jody yeah. everywhere he goes. Like everything he does, Mike is following him around. Um, even when he goes out to have sex, you know, 15 minutes later with, with the lady in lavender right. out in the cemetery, there's fucking, you know, uh, Mike again following him. He gets spooked in the woods and runs away. And then there's this weird thing where like he's pulling his pants up, but he's still got the chick's underwear in his mouth. <laughs> Hold on. I got to go catch my brother. You know, <laughs> yeah, my brother is not my brother. It's yeah. my brother. Oh. <laughs> so they got like a weird relationship. Uh, well, I think part of that too, was it part is there a little bit of narration where he's talking about how his brother is going to be leaving to go to there's college? A, there's a thing there where, like, yeah, where Jody's supposed to be leaving, and I guess yeah. Mike has a hang-up about this because he doesn't want him to leave him. Maybe, yeah. Or he's like trying to, trying to get every last second he can from him before he has to leave and go I, off. Yeah, him. yeah. That, that, that's yeah. there, yeah. But still, he, he just follows him everywhere. And even later in the movie when Mike tells him just to, all right, you stay the fuck right here, and then Jody still finds a way to... Or I'm sorry, vice versa. Jesus Christ, I'm gonna get these All two the way dudes up mixed to up. Movie, basically. Yeah, yeah. He just he, Mike keeps showing back up, even though Jody told him to sit still. You know, <laughs> like you said, all the way to the end. But uh, essentially, like eventually, uh, uh, they they go to this mausoleum, and uh, there there's a, a fucking silver sphere flying through the air, which is all part of the weirdness of this thing. Is never really explained, right? <laughs> like, not, really, yeah. nothing is explained. You know. I guess the the dwarves and stuff a little bit later on are, are explained a little bit, but it's still weird, right? Like the whole setup and not much of a payoff there. Um, yeah. But you you get to see the the, the sphere flying through the air, uh, and this is after like uh, some dude catches it in the face, right? Wouldn't it like the uh, a, yeah. care, a caretaker the, or something? Uh, caretaker. Yeah. Yeah, he's just wa yeah. walking through the. Spraying, <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> Uh, which I guess that would be the goriest part of the whole movie, right? Really, if you think back yeah. on it. Yeah, probably yeah. so. Mm -hmm. um, then for good, or then he pisses himself on the floor, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah is, he that, does. is that what that was? Because I mean, yeah, I, I was, just figured it was it, blood. Yeah, he just pisses himself. Yeah. <laughs> which I guess that's about as accurate as it would be, right? If like if something. Yeah. yeah. That, that's pretty much yeah, what happened. Yeah, that was a little bit of blood in there, like you know. <laughs> yeah. Usually it's just blood and gore, but they don't really address the fact that you would lose all of your bowel movements, you know, right? You would just lose, you oh, just start shitting and pissing everywhere if something like that happened to you. If you were in a mausoleum and this big silver ball, bladed ball flies acting <laughs> right into your pants, pulling your brain pad out, oh, I guess you would finish your pants. If I, uh, phantasm. If I, <laughs> phantasm. If I had a nickel, if I had a nickel for every time. Angus tosses the ball and it's phantasm. <laughs> And then he just smiles and puts his thumb up, you know, at the camera at the end. Man, that was fucking weird. <laughs> um, except we get a, a, a arguably a slightly weirder ending, but we'll get into that here in a minute. Um, oh, Mike, yeah. th there's a lot of cat and mouse between the, the tall man here, like back and forth. like, And Mike won't leave it alone. Like as soon as it seems like, well, you know, like uh, that was weird. And then he breaks back into the damn... Uh, a funeral home and back into the yeah. cemetery. He just keeps going over there and, and messing around, you know, and finds stuff. Who breaks into a fucking funeral home now? <laughs> Who does that shit? Well, uh, thirteen-year-old Mike, or however old he is, he does. Don't. Um, I got. Uh, while we're talking about that, real quick, I think this. 
this is just the torturous things we used to do as a kid, but and it maybe it has something to do with this movie or just the fact of mausoleums being scary places anyways. There's a local local cemetery and this is teenage years driving, you know, probably sixteen or seventeen. Local cemetery where they they left the mausoleum open. The mausoleum was in the very back of the cemetery. So we took you know, the group of us, whatever, and we had one guy and we dared him, you know, hey, I dare you to get out you know, we pulled up to the mausoleum, I dare you to get out, run all the way back to the back wall tag the back wall and come back out again. And so when he went in, then we just took off. <laughs> <laughs> just left the cemetery. Nuts. And then we drove around a little bit and came back and picked him up later. But yeah, that was a, that was a little bit of a probably phantasm influence there, yeah. at least the scariness of, you know, of the, just the whole thought of, Hey, let's go to the mausoleum. And then we planned this ahead of time that we we're going to just take off. <laughs> so anyways, uh, Mike is uh, being chased by the tall man and like, he slams the door, and then the dude's fingers, the tall man's fingers get cut off, and he takes one of the fingers with him. And then uh, he uses this as proof to show Jody, like, look, so there's some weird shit going on, right? Because there's a fucking finger in a box moving around with the with the yellow goop in the box. Yeah. And then for some reason, the whatever the fuck, the, the finger turns into like a, what would you say? I would say it's like a demonic caterpillar. Yeah, like, what? <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. And then they just they fight this thing for like a five minute scene. Then Reggie, <laughs> yeah, they're just ah, back and forth with the thing in a blanket, just beating, yeah. just beating the shit out of them. Reggie walks in, hey guys, blah, and then he gets attacked by the fucking thing, and then they throw it down the garbage disposal. You know, it's this is like a whole five or ten minute scene here. Yeah, they're just fighting this weird uh, demon caterpillar, whatever the fuck it was. Once again, with no explanation, and they don't revisit it at all. Like this isn't part of what happens throughout the rest of the movie. There's just this one the random time, part. Uh, Reggie is dressed like the good humor man. Yeah, for the rest <laughs> like of like an ice cream. Literally for pretty much the rest of the movie, he's <laughs> because he has an ice cream truck. I think at some point they 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 run into uh, one of these dwarves, right? These these hooded, uh, fucking Ewok Jawa looking Jawas, yeah, dwarf demon Jawas. <laughs> because there's a driverless hearse that's chasing them down the road, and then when they they get out to look. There's nobody in it, and then I think that's when they get attacked by one of the dwarves or some shit. And uh, don't they don't they uh, they basically manage to kill one or or defeat it or whatever? And then they hide it in the back of Reggie's ice cream truck. Um, uh, eventually, uh, they basically once again there's this back and forth, and then Jody's like, "All right, I'm going to go down there to kill the tall man," um, but he locks Mike up into his room who eventually finds a way to break out. And I'm sure we'll talk about that, how he gets out of that room here in just a second. And then of course, uh, he is immediately kidnapped by the tall man who, uh, you know, takes him down to the, uh, to the mausoleum. And Jody basically has to, uh, save him from that. Uh, and then eventually they go into the room where I guess the tall man does his stuff. And there's a bunch of barrels in there and I guess they're full of dwarves, right? Or they're full of bodies that are, that will be turned into, Something. Yeah, yeah, just a bunch of black barrels in this in this white room, and there's these two little like tuning fork type deals standing there, and they can stick their he sticks his hand into it, and then he leans into it, and I guess they're looking into hell, I don't whatever planet he's from, some parallel. I don't know if there's a parallel world or a demonic something or another universe window to another whatever. Yeah, he, he can Arizona. see Arizona. <laughs> Ah, it's the New Mexico desert. <laughs> uh, and and basically, he sees all these little dwarves, and I guess he, they completely work out the situation. Just <laughs> just from this one little peek into this universe, hell, whatever this is, he's like, oh, yeah, well, they got the dwarves. 
they're basically they're taking our dead people, making them into dwarves, reanimating them, and then using them as slaves in his little universe, mm-hmm. right? They, like, they basically figure all this out from just one peek into the hole. But basically, there's this big throwdown and chase between, you know, uh, uh, Reggie, Jody, and Mike with the tall man. Eventually, Reggie gets stabbed um, by the lady in lavender. And then uh, they, they he, tall man chases Mike out into the woods and he falls into this like thousand foot mine shaft that was mentioned earlier, right? That it's out there. We need to find a way to get him out there. He chases him out there. He falls in and then Jody uh, pushes some rocks off the top of the hill and then they all perfectly land in the hole. So I'm assuming like this barricades the tall man into this deep ass Mm -hmm. hole. Um, Then right after this, Mike wakes up in bed, um, still worried about the tall man. Um, Then all of a sudden Reggie, who was just stabbed, right? Stabbed dead, we thought. Uh, he's still alive and and just tells Mike that he had a nightmare and that Jody had died in a car wreck. And then let's go on a road trip to clear our minds. And then, uh, <laughs> and then when Mike goes into his room, the tall man appears in the mirror and says, boy! And then <laughs> grabs a hold of him through the mirror and pulls him in. The end. So, what the fuck? <laughs> boy! I, 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 boy! So I guess we need to start right there with the ending as far as our comments and this little roundtable discussion here. Yeah. What the fuck? What did you Like the whole thing was a dream? Was it? Was it a dream? No, it wasn't a dream. I... Smoke. It doesn't make any The ending Smoke. doesn't make any Smoke, we're going to lean on your, your vast horror knowledge of all things. So uh, what the fuck did we just watch? <laughs> I think it's just left up to your interpretation of like I said, I don't know if that, that tuning fork thing, when he's looking through, he's looking through into another dimension or another universe where he's making these things and, you know, out of dead bodies and to be slaves for whatever. But yeah, and then the ending where he pulls through the door and then, he's, then that's it. And it's a fever dream. Is it really happening? Was it, is he gone now taking him to make him a dwarf too as well? <laughs> uh, I don't know. It's a, it's really kind of, it's probably also Don Coscarelli probably thought this was it for Phantasm, you know. He probably didn't think it was going to be take off and be a huge cult film that he'd be making Phantasm 2 and 3 and 4 and probably making Phantasm 5 or whatever. Well, he'd be yeah, I mean, he, he probably didn't think it would be good. Kind of longevity. <laughs> and even on even at that, to be fair, it was nine years later before Phantasm 2 came out. So, yeah, I'm sure he thought this was it. One and done, you know, take it take it as it is kind of thing. Yeah. So that's you know, why I think the ending is... Is up to interpretation. It, it, it was probably supposed to end with this movie, you know, just, just this one, and that was it. If that's the case, then what the fuck did we watch there, though? Like, you know, like what was that? Like, so was Jody dead this whole time? Like the entire um... movie? But because even at the end, like uh, the tall man falls down the hole, and then Jody's up on top of the hill and pushes the rocks over to kind of like you know encapsulate him in the hole or whatever, and then he just looks back up the hill, and Jody's like, "Yeah, thumbs up." But then all of a sudden he wakes up. What, yeah, man, Jody died in a car accident. Uh, <laughs> I'm just sitting there like, what? Wait, wait, wait. Is there a hole? Wait, was that while he was sleeping? Or is there is a just hole? Like, none of that is explained. No. You just kind of <laughs> left off. That's, that's why I'm left. Like, what, what the, the fuck? fuck? What? Uh, that's all I can say is what the fuck? Because, like, and, you know, we'll get into our star ratings here shortly. But for me personally, it takes it down a notch because it's just because I don't understand it at all. Maybe there's some deep, you know, rooted shit going on here that I just above my head. I don't know, you know, as far as that that part is concerned, the ending. And I'm a, now, you know, looking back on it, 
you have to assume that whole thread that we talked about earlier where Mike was like uh, kept following Jody around because he felt that Jody was going to leave him. Maybe that was the whole dream part of it, right? Like Jody's dead. So this is how he's dealing with it. Like he doesn't want Jody to leave him kind of thing. So that w that's what leads me to believe that the whole movie was a fucking dream. It could be, but we don't get that. Well, we, uh, and then we don't get that confirmation. So then I don't, I mean, we're talking about 1979, you know, nowadays movies do this a lot as far as them not giving you the entire plot and like kind of letting you leaving it up to you to interpret it. However, but back in 79, you definitely did not get that often. <laughs> so I don't yeah, know if that was yeah. something Coscarelli was trying to do to make it just to uh, have an ending that left up to interpretation or, I, or I mean, what? I, I've never heard him. I've never listened to any interview where he's explained the ending himself. No, it may, and, I mean, and honestly, I, he probably wouldn't right? You know, because e even if, you ask him, I'm sure he's like most of these guys. So, I don't know. What did you think? You know, they just turn it around on you or something. Yeah, but... Exactly. Yeah. Pull the yeah. old, jo pull the old John Lennon on you. You know, <laughs> what, do you, what do you think yeah. it meant? <laughs> you know, one thing, uh, I'm not really about the ending at all, but, uh, like who, who rides their fucking dirt bike through a cemetery? <laughs> like why is like, nobody says anything to this kid. Like, yeah, yeah don't do that. Or, you know, you're, you know, kind of, no, there's no desecrating. There's, there's no yeah, girl. Just riding your dirt bike through the, and then also it breaks down or something happens every time he goes to the cemetery. So I don't know why he did it after the first time something happened to him. <laughs> well, there's no grown ass adults in this movie, really, if you think about it. You know, <laughs> what, what do we know at the end of this? That well, most of the movie was probably a fucking dream. Number one, number two, he he he, he hangs out with his brother and his friend who clearly smoke dope and just play guitar all the time. Um, at least that's the read I get <laughs> on. The, <laughs> that's the read I get on the situation. And then when he's not hanging out with them, he's hanging out with this weird girl and her grandma that never says anything. Oh uh, yeah, she that, was giving off uh, like weekend burnings vibes. <laughs> that whole weird scene, like, <laughs> and they never come back into it. You figure they're coming back into it, right? Because like that scene, they're sitting there talking, and like uh, clearly it's like the the granddaughter or whatever is is almost like listening to the grandmother tele, uh, uh, psychically, telepathically. No. Because the grandma never says anything. But then when the kid leaves, they just laugh at each They just laugh. Like, <laughs> like we, we just fucked <laughs> with him. It. But then they never pop back up. I do have one explanation. I think that maybe we'll clear some of this up that I, that I know about. I mean, I don't know if it's the excuse for all of it. Apparently, though, this movie was three hours long. The first the, part the, of this movie three hours yeah. long. Oof. And, and of course you can't have that, you know, and, and it also touched on a lot of different genres just besides horror. And like the, uh, the tall man apparently didn't even come into the movie until a half hour into it. Yeah. <laughs> this first three hour cut. Mm -hmm. And I'd love uh, to see yeah, this as a country Western. And, <laughs> and a lot, everybody's scenes got cut down. Some, some almost not exist. Uh, so that maybe, I don't know. That's, <laughs> Could explain some of these well, things of like plot lines and, and characters that didn't go anywhere else besides that one scene, like the, mm. the old lady. You know? I'm sure it does explain a lot. As much as I don't know if I'd want to sit through a three-hour version <laughs> of this, because I'm not saying this was dry or boring or anything, because it wasn't. But I don't know a three-hour version. Mm. I, that might be, you know. Yeah, <laughs> I don't, yeah, I don't I know. know. But I, that, I, that I, would, I think I'll be worth seeing. People have looked for that cut or, or wondered about the three-hour cut, but I don't think I think the stuff that was cut 
was gotten rid of and uh um one thing i did read about that um and i i I read the same the same thing about the three hours um it was it was cut and then they uh they they used some of the leftovers to make the framework for a sequel um and then the rest of the footage they didn't use um was lost now i haven't seen the second one but i did see something in the notes looking for stuff for this one that apparently the second movie picks up almost immediately after this movie. So maybe that's what we need. Maybe 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 I need to sit down and watch the second one to kind of get a grasp on this one a little bit more. Yeah. It's been too long for me to have remembered. It's been a long time. I remember, There's so much. Certain incidences from part two or certain scenes are in my mind, but I don't remember yeah, how I, it linked to the Yeah, I, I don't know. It's been so long since what, I watched this. Like, from what I, I understand, that's it picks up basically right from the end of this. And I'm sure Spook Show fans, some some people listening to this, um, have seen that more recently and can say, yeah, you know, this, this, and this. And maybe you can uh, send us an email or send us a message over on any of the socials or anything to kind of maybe, if you have better explanations for some of this shit and how this ended, <laughs> help us fill in some of the blanks here because, I don't know, I'm having a tough time with it. You know, one thing when, uh, like, this was directly after the, uh, um, I guess it was Tommy's funeral. <laughs> it was like the two friends were talking. It was, uh, I'm sorry, it was Reggie and uh, Jody. Yeah. They were talking, and they just said, well, say goodbye to Tommy. Yeah. It was just, like, so <laughs> casual. Well, say. It was very <laughs> dismissive. Yeah, I was like, oh, see ya. You know, that's basically what it was. Yeah, yeah, and like we said off the beginning, there was sex, the sex with the the lady in lavender twice in that cemetery in the first twenty minutes. I looked at the running time when it happened. It twice, it happened in the first twenty minutes. <laughs> she must be the best lay in town. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, he was. He gets around. Right? All the, um, <laughs> the only other ladies that we know of in town is that old psychic grandma, right, and her granddaughter, and sure there's a couple others well there's just two random girls at the end there's two blonde-headed chicks like sally and Susie or whatever the fuck their names were yeah they just randomly like are involved and all of a sudden they just fucking disappear and then i think they write them out like yeah yeah they got out they're all right so anyways (laughs) that reminds me that reminds me when they when jody and mike come into the house at one point with reggie with reggie all of a sudden, this uh, this this old black lady shows up, and she's like, where y'all been, or some shit, and they're like, Jesus Christ! You know, it scares the hell out of Reggie. Who is she, and where the fuck? She never shows up again. She's never mentioned. She's just, <laughs> just there. Who is she? Where did she come from? No, it's probably somewhere in the in the deep bowels of the, uh, um, you know the cutting room floor. Well, they all knew. Yeah, I guess. I mean, that's the only thing that makes sense because like she that's shows really up, like only, yeah. Reggie gets scared, like oh shit, you know, oh it's just you, Maud or whatever her name was, and then <laughs> she's never she never shows up again. She only has that one little line. They never mentioned her before that. I don't. Know, it was just one another one of those weird. Um, There's another uh, little strange occurrence. I don't want to say it's strange. It's just kind of kind of odd. But uh, um, when they were working working on the car. You never see a toolbox. The kid just pulls up, pulls yeah. a, a ratchet out of his pocket. He just has whatever tools are on hand, and he just goes to work. Like he's got a wrench. Yeah, you know, I, I think MacGyver's one time, got a paper clip and uh, you know whatever else. I think at one time he gets under there and all he's got is a hammer. Like, yeah, who's fixing a car with a hammer? Oh, 
Yeah, because he beat, he bangs his brother's foot right when his yeah, brother hears yeah. him. <laughs> and that was weird. And, and, and that scene was right there, and he thinks somebody else. He's bam. Yeah. That scene was weird too, right? Because he's like the car falls on him, straight up falls on him. Yeah, it's on him. Yeah, he's he, pinned to the ground, yeah. and then all of a sudden, ah, bam! Hits the, hits his brother in the foot, and then he's out from underneath the car. And there's like, you could see the jack, you know, kind of like slip went, and then it fell on him. Yeah, it's and on him. He's pinned under he, that car. He's just like, and, uh, uh, and then you see Jody's feet, and he just hits him. He's like, oh fuck my foot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and then he's out from under the car the jack's nowhere to be found yeah it's just yeah it's it's oh yeah speaking of the car too well like i said i was going to talk about the car a little bit but the, that scene of it being on a jack was apparently actual uh i mean maybe not that scene necessarily but the fact that it was on a jack and people were working on it was something that happened a lot on the movie because it kept breaking down <laughs> So, so as they're working on it, they're like, fuck, let's just, let's just film a scene. They, so based on what you just said, they might have had to write in the whole thing where Mike like knows how to work on cars just because this thing is such a piece of yeah. shit. Like, well, fuck, now we need to ride around it. <laughs> yeah, it's a good-looking car. And it was, to go into that a little bit, Coscarelli like, had a friend in high school who had a Barracuda, and he loved the look of the car and sound of the car and everything, and he wanted one for the movie. So they found one some kid was selling because it Gas prices apparently gone up. Insurance is going up on, so he wanted to get rid of it, and he bought it for like twenty five hundred dollars, and it was in running condition. I guess you know, mm. like I said, things would happen to it; it would break down, it would need some work done to it. If they had to cut that sunroof, there's a sunroof in it which wasn't part of the car, so the crew, whoever, made a sunroof, a makeshift sunroof, because later on, apparently, when the car was, uh, you know, sitting on somebody's in somebody's driveway for a while that worked on the movie, I can't remember which person, one of the crew members. Apparently that sunroof wasn't a professional job and it kept leaking and messing up the interior of the car later on. So, uh, but yeah, for that scene where he, uh, he's got to pop up out of the car, out of the sunroof, they needed to make one into it for that. Mm. And, uh, and also I think it, on the hood, it's got this, this 440 six pack, which is a, you know, meaning a 440 cubic inch, uh, three, two barrel Holly carburetors or whatever is what, you know, according to the hood, that's what was in the car. But apparently that wasn't really what was in the car it was a 340. Uh, and then in the scene where they show him looking, popping the hood and looking at it, you know, you're like, oh, well, you don't get to see the engine, which I don't know if that was probably purposeful, maybe, so that they wouldn't have to explain later on. Because, you know, car nuts are going to be like, that's not a 440, that's a damn 340. What the hell are you talking about? Yeah. Either that <laughs> so, or there was no engine in it whatsoever, and they just kept flintstoning it around town. Yeah. <laughs> apparently, though, that car was like, people were wondering what happened to it. And it, like I said, it sat on that guy's in that guy's driveway for a while one of the crew members for a few years or so and then i guess he got rid of it then it showed up in uh it showed up in a chips episode <laughs> and it was sitting, <laughs> sitting in the background of a shot on like a car lot like a used car lot i don't know if it was an on location shot i don't know if it was a studio slash car lot you know that it wasn't a real car lot but it was done for the set but it was in the background of a shot and then uh that was the last time one of the last times it was seen i think somebody said they had seen it in non-working condition, sitting in front of a gas station, probably just for looks, you know, like, because wow. mm. it's a pretty badass looking car. Yeah. And that was sometime back in the 80s as well, I believe, maybe early 90s. No, I think it was still in the 80s. And then after that, it just kind of disappeared. Nobody, <laughs> nobody and, it hasn't shown up since. And now it's propping up your coffee table in the west wing of the <laughs> Smoke Estate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, when, um, there was there was a time when, uh, Jody locked up Mike. You know, you you, oh, yeah. you had mentioned, 
and um, he sticks a screwdriver or something in in. But the way that the door was, the door sw- swings inside his room. Yeah. Why oh, would yeah. a screwdriver? You'd easily be able to thing? just uh, just pull it, pull the door yeah. open, and the screwdriver would just fall out. It would, <laughs> right? It wouldn't do anything. Yeah, and how does how does he get out of uh, of his room? Oh, that's yeah. the, that's the old hammer bullet trick. That's the... <laughs> yeah, he, it wasn't just sure a he, hammer bullet trick. I'm it was sure. a it was a shotgun shell. I'm pretty sure he'd blow his fucking hand off. Am I wrong here? Oh, like no doubt. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> um, Don Costarelli actually uh, commented about that. He said, uh, "To this day, I just thank God that no." Now this is his quote. Uh, to this day, I just thank God that no one ever tried to duplicate this. Yeah. Where I've never heard about it happening. I was about to say it probably um, has. Yeah. <laughs> he says I'm sure I'm sure people have tried it. They just aren't around anymore to tell anyone where they learned about it. Oh yeah, he just fucking. Uh, it's just like it just dawns on him like, hey, wait a minute. If I take this and this, pop, 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 and then he just takes pow, and this blows a perfect hole right beside the knob now i don't know why the fuck you do it that way let's just say you do this and it works the way he did it why would you do it that way why why not just hit the handle right I didn't see any damage at all though. no he did he popped he hit the door and there was a hole right beside the doorknob and he reaches his hand through the hole and opens the door i didn't know and then the, and then like you said the screwdriver just fucking falls out because he opened it from the other side and pushes the door in screwdriver is useless just falls and then, <laughs> <laughs> the whole thing was convoluted. I guess you had to make yeah. it. I, once again, you're MacGyvering up this kid. You're, you're making it a point to say, like, this this kid's crafty. He knows how to fix cars. He knows how to make bullet hammers. You know, <laughs> <laughs> he's a crafty fuck. You got to give him that. Yeah. Which is maybe why Jody wanted to keep leaving him everywhere. I don't know. That that's some weird deep shit there with the whole ending, he, man. I, he I don't had know. talked about the um, you know, the whole time they're. Uh... Um, they're fighting that demon caterpillar. I don't know what the, what the hell to call it, but uh, um, and the the thing lunges at at Mike, and he just accepts it. He's yeah. just like, well, okay. Oh yeah, yeah. He's like, he's a little too calm about it. Yeah, you know. And well, he's creepily calm about all this shit, like the whole thing with the psychic grandma and all that, right? Like, yeah. she's got a fucking magic box in front of him, and he's just perfectly accepting of this situation, like. Remember, like, he, yep. she's like, put your hand in the... Oh, no, the... The, not, <laughs> the old lady didn't say anything. The, the girl, like, put yeah. your hand in the box. Huh? No, it hurts. Like, no, it's all in your head. You know, that whole scene. But I do like how you gave the old lady without a voice. You gave her a voice. <laughs> put your... <laughs> put well, you'd have to imagine... you have to imagine if she's... If she did have any lines, it would be, put your hand in the box. I don't know why she straight up sounds like Leprechaun. <laughs> Left in the hood, yeah. always up to no good. But uh, there's, I guess the, the thing was on, I don't know, I guess it was Jody's, it was on Jody's neck or something. And um, he t- he's literally takes his, takes that fucking gun and he shoots oh, yeah. behind his ear. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's just, a, not only is like, it a weird angle, but I'm pretty sure he would have killed himself. Oh, <laughs> like he's just like, Ugh, blind shooting a pistol right at his head. Yeah. Shoots the thing off the top of his head. And smoke, did you get it that that little that little caterpillar or whatever the fuck that was? It looked kind of like that thing from Trilogy of Terror, like that little. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is a good yeah. point. I I, it's, I put in the notes there the geography and the layout of this movie is weird. I mean, we've kind of discussed that, like, yeah, not not just the way it was put together, but just 
the geography of things, like how people randomly appear. And maybe that's all part of the dreamscape type thing here going on, you know? <laughs> maybe that's awesome. maybe that's what the fuck is going on. Like, you know, uh, Mike just popping up everywhere, even though he's supposed to be staying put. Jody randomly, that lady in Lavender, just everybody just popping up. Left and right. And maybe that either, that's added to the whole dream aspect of this thing, or maybe that's just the fact that there was a three-hour cut. I don't know, but the way it was put together was just fucking weird. So, um, one thing I did, um, and I, I forgot to mention this earlier, uh, the spheres. Uh, the spheres were actually, uh, they were designed by uh, craftsman Willard Green, who died just um, just after production wrapped. Hmm. And Phantasm remains his only IMDb credit. Wow. Uh, I did forget to. Even add though they that. make no sense whatsoever, it's still a cool. Oh yeah. It's still a cool thing. Yeah. And outside of the tall man, Angus Scrim, that's probably the one thing that people take out of Phantasm, right? Like you know, mm -hmm. the yep. one thing you're gonna remember the most is those fucking flying spears. Not spears, but spheres. I always, I always wanted to make one for myself. So I figured I'd just find me, uh, you know, one of those reflective Christmas balls. Yeah. yeah. Christmas balls. Just make one yourself with an aluminum yeah, foil ball. Yeah. <laughs> and then just yell phantasm at everybody. Foil blades, something else. Foil blades. Phantasm. Maybe I'll make some of those our next get together and we can throw them at each other. Yeah, yeah. Then, then <laughs> I was just about to say the next time we all get together, somebody's getting hit in the head with yeah, a fucking yeah. aluminum ball saying, Phantasm! And just. <laughs> <laughs> we should do it. We should do it to Will because he's not on this episode and he'll never listen to it. You know, so like <laughs> next time we see him, we just huck an aluminum ball out of me. Phantasm! What the fuck, man? <laughs> Everybody else will get it. Just watch this episode. Yeah. Maybe there needs to be some prank video we put up on the YouTube channel or something where we just. Or we're just throwing aluminum balls at him and yelling phantasm. Uh, so I guess that's really, a, you know, I mean, unless you guys had something else to point out, you know, that that's nah, really, yeah. you know, I think we've. Uh, I think we pretty much ran through it. Yeah. <laughs> we've done enough. Um, But it, it, I'm still interested to see what everybody uh, uh has to say about this. So, Donnie, since this was your choice, and you usually lead anyway, so it, just, it happens to work out this way. This was your choice. So I'll toss it to you first. What's your star rating? Oh man, uh, star rating. Uh, I'm gonna go into a little bit of why I'm rating it this uh, this way. You know, the Tall Man. To me, one of the all-time great horror villains. Um, I thought, you know, there were some. You know, obviously, there's so much that doesn't really make sense. Uh, but uh, I think, you know, it, there's still there's never really a dull moment because you always have questions. You know, but uh, you know. And also, typically, the first film of a franchise, which they didn't know that it was going to be a, a franchise at that time, but still, um, it it's kind of slow and uh, kind of builds the story a little bit, typically. Uh, but I thought this was paced well. Um, I love the practical effects, uh, even though it wasn't terribly a whole lot of gore. Um, but, you know, the sphere prop, original, I thought it was fresh. It was... Uh, very cool. Always loved it. Um, um, but you know, detractors like I, like I mentioned, there's not really all. There's so much of it, it doesn't really make sense. Uh, 
I thought the uh, Mike, uh, just terrible acting. I know he's a kid, but uh, no excuse. Um, he's just, the way he just accepts weird shit is just dumb. Um, <laughs> but still, I just I just thoroughly enjoy this movie, still. Um, I'm going to give it three and a quarter. All right, Smoke, what do you have to say? Uh, yeah, it's uh, Akadani's sentiments on it. It's, it's one of those movies where if you're, you know, if you're just coming into it, fresh brand new and maybe never haven't seen it and are only you know familiar with maybe new horror newer horror movies and whatnot you're probably not gonna like it. <laughs> because it's going to come out of left field but what the hell is going on here it doesn't make some of these scenes don't make any sense we've been talking about it maybe it's because it was a three-hour cut and cut down to an hour and a half some of the scenes don't make sense or maybe it was just that way from the beginning it's a, it has a very surrealistic dreamlike sequence that i think is definitely on purpose but it probably doesn't help the plotting of it much uh but there's a whole lot of things that you could say are kind of going against this movie. The acting's not, the, of course, not the best. I mean, it's low budget. It's, I think it was Don Coscarelli's third film, his first horror movie. It's got it's, it's got a lot of things going against it. But despite all of that, and also one of the things we didn't mention is the uh, the soundtrack by I believe Fred Fred Myro, and I can't remember the guy's first name. His last name is Seagrave, I believe. Uh, so two people on the score. The score is really memorable for sure. It's, it it sticks in your head and it gives again gives it that drive that uh, that surrealistic sound to the the things that are happening in the movie and, and it, it definitely does stick in your head. Uh, but yeah, all the other things like I mentioned, there's a lot of things going against this movie, but for whatever reason, I think it's still a great a great movie despite all the uh, negatives that are maybe going against it. But uh, for me, I, I'd go with, uh, I'll even go a little bit higher than Donnie, I'll go with three and a half. Uh, myself, I, I just didn't love it as, as, as much as uh, you guys did. Um, I'm going to go with two and a half. And mostly it's because, to me, you have to, you know, I'm all cool for the surreal stuff. I'm all cool for a twist ending. But to me, it's got to make sense. And, like, none of that leading up to that made you believe that this is what's happening. And then all of a sudden, it's just like, bam, well, that was probably a dream sequence. I don't like the sneaky dream sequence shit. And that just goes with any movie or any TV show. Maybe I'm dumb. I don't know. You know, maybe you got to set it up better for me. I don't know. Maybe it's it's too highbrow or something. You know, that kind of thing. But like, when you just like yeah. hit me with that dream sequence shit, I'm like, okay, what the fuck? That means half this movie was a fraud. What was real? What wasn't? Now I got to go figure it out. Maybe it's clever because now it makes you makes you want to watch it multiple times, and in that way they're selling a product. So you got to watch it you know, again, and you know. And like I said, it took them nine years to make a sequel, so it wasn't like they necessarily had that planned, you know. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I don't know. I just—it's it, a fine movie. I think it's well done. Like you said, I think the pacing's pretty good. It's just that 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 ending, man. It just took it down probably about a half a star for me, because I was sitting there for the most part. I'm like, yeah, this is a solid three or so, you know, for me on my scale. And then that ending was just like, what the fuck? What? Wait a minute, like. Jody's the one that's dead, and Reggie's still alive. Then what the fuck did we just watch? Like, none of that made sense. <laughs> Reggie was stabbed out by the, the, the lady in Lavender, and then all of a sudden, no, no, I'm. let's go on a vacation. You need to clear your head for a couple weeks, you know? <laughs> and then the old, uh, boy, ending, you know, where he just leaps out of the mirror. Okay, that's fine, but, like, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'll look back on it when we do our fourth anniversary show and I'll, and I'll think a little differently and I might re-rate it higher. I don't know. It's not that I hated it. It's just that ending was just like, what? This came too far out of the blue for me. There was no setup to that. And it didn't make any sense once you see it. Like, you can't go back and think like, 
oh, wait a minute, this makes sense because this, this, and this. It's just, no, like, Jody was fucking dead the whole time, I guess. <laughs> Whose funeral was that? Was that even, uh, was it Tommy or whatever at the very beginning? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Too many questions, not enough answers. So, for me, that knocks it down a peg. But, you know, I can see where you guys, I enjoyed it, too, for what it was. Just the ending kind of took some stuff away from me. And I will say, I watched the remastered version. I'm, I'm assuming that's what y'all watched, because I watched it on Shudder. This time, so yeah, it was a remastered well. version, like mm-hmm. Bad Robot remastered it, J.J. Abrams yeah. had a hand in or something like that. The look of this was really good. Like, at least in this remastered version, like it yeah. looked great. Looked way better than a movie made in 1979 for a $300,000 budget. That's for damn sure, you know, so kudos to them. And even, I'm sure, if I didn't watch a remastered version, I would probably say the same thing. Like, it looks great. There's no question about that. It's just that ending didn't make any damn sense to me. I need more explaining. <laughs> and I'll say I'll say this: none of none of what you said that do I do I disagree with at all. It's all 100 spot on. But for whatever reason, and most for any other, pretty much any other movie I can think of that would have this plot with so many unanswered questions and sort of, but like you said, sort of a somewhat cheapened uh, dream sequence, whatever type thing. I would pretty much hate any other movie like that. But for whatever reason, I don't know what it is about Phantasm. <laughs> it, it's it's elevated for me for some reason. Yeah, I don't know. yeah. same. But it is. Same uh, for me. Yeah, the uniqueness of it. I don't know. And I completely, yeah. I completely sympathize and get that because certain movies just strike you with strike the right chord, and you're going to be more forgiving of these type of things. This one, just for me, didn't strike the right chord for me to forgive it. So that's yeah. where that's where I'll leave it for now. But we'll see. Fourth anniversary show. Maybe I'll have a different thought. Maybe I go watch the you know the second Phantasm. And certain things make more sense. Who knows? We'll see. We'll revisit one that one day. But for now, mm. that's where I'll lay. And it'll be interesting to see what Will has to say about it. But yeah, I think it's a you know it's an interesting wrinkle uh, that you know we're I wouldn't say we're terribly divided on. No, it. no. Uh, but it's you know just like kind of the differing uh, uh, ratings. Yeah, we're coming so. on a different conclusion on this movie. Mm-hmm. I think. But until we get Will's, uh, uh, you know rating on that i can't give you a total consensus yet but you know i'd say across the board there it's fair it's probably on average a little around three for all three of us there so once Mm. we get his we'll see what where we're at and of course he usually does the kill count so we'll get that the next time but uh for now we'll go ahead and toss to you donnie connections gotta let it finish out <laughs> I almost choked yeah. on the bullshit. <laughs> uh, so, um, yeah, the only connection we have uh, from um, maybe a surprise connection uh, for both of you, uh, Angus Scrim was in Chopping Mall. Hmm. Uh, he was uh, Dr. Carrington, which is a forgettable character. Uh, I don't recall uh, Dr. Carrington in uh, uh, Chopping Mall. Probably one of the when they were doing the uh, introduction of the um, killbots, mm-hmm. uh, that's what I believe may have, uh, where he may have. Yeah, because appeared. like that, it would have to be in that first, like say 15, 20 yeah. minutes, because after the mall closed or whatever, I don't think they introduced that's any it. characters. So yeah, yeah, huh. you never see. Uh, I have to go back and uh, have a closer yeah. magnifying glass on that. But scene. yeah, he's in. Um, he's in as his as his real name, uh, Lawrence Rory Guy. Uh, but yeah, Angus Scrim um, goes back to Chopping Mall, which was 
uh, in the Spook Show archives. I'll say I don't I don't know what's uh, <laughs> way back when. Way back when. Yeah, that um, that was. Uh, oh God, now now you got me because I almost had it just a second ago. Where the fuck was it? Because that was just last year, episode episode fifty seven. Yep, episode fifty seven. Because that was just last, basically about this time last year, I think when we did that, yeah. give or take. All right, so I'm gonna toss it to you, Smoke. Gore score. <laughs> Uh, oh, so uh, anybody who's been watching this for any length of time knows that the gore score is, comes from Chaz Balin's gore score back in the day. And he did rate Phantasm. Well, I'll tell you now, I'm going to end up deviating from what his his score is. So uh, his score, for for some reason, Chaz gave it a seven. Seems a bit much for me. Hmm. I mean, considering, like we talked about, there's not a ton. I mean, Phantasm is not a super gory movie. There's, <laughs> there's the one thing that everybody will remember that's seen it is the ball. Phantasm right in his head. Yeah. <laughs> Right in his head, you know, and then spurting blood out and everything. And then he didn't like, like we said, he's laying on the floor and then you see this puddle and pees himself. Mm. Uh, and then there's some other random, you know, the tall man gets his fingers chopped off, but, it's, but he's not human. And it's like yellow for, for the blood or whatever the square count. And it's kind of finger, finger later. So, I mean, you could say, is that gory? I guess so. But it's not necessarily, you know, it's not your typical red blood spurting everywhere or whatever, but it's still gore, I guess. So, uh, mm. There's that. And, uh, Little caterpillar scene later, and some other little bits of gore near the end. Yeah, the stabbing. I guess the two stabbing scenes with the lady and lavender, right? That's you know, a little bit. They weren't too too terribly splattery, you know. No, but it's you know a little bit of blood. It's somebody somebody got stabbed out, so that's there. Yeah, I'm not going to deviate too far. I don't think I'll go down to like a six Hmm. on it. I'll give it a little bit less, just because I think we've you know I know we've given some things sevens before that were quite a bit gorier. Than, uh, than Phantasm was. and uh, But yeah, I think I'll go with the stick. Not deviating too far from Chaz's original one, but, but, uh, but yeah, it's not. It's there, but it's not overly gorgeous. Right, well, fair enough. So I guess uh, next week, uh, hopefully Will will be back. We'll see. We'll just see how the scheduling stuff goes. He, he's a little busy right now, but uh, we're going to be going back to the Cult Corner series, and we spun the wheel a couple weeks ago on uh, Deadline mm-hmm. Horror News, and we... Uh, we came to the conclusion that we were going to be watching The Big Lebowski from 1998. Now, this is one, I think when we first started talking about doing the Cult Corner series and just cult yeah. movies that were non-horror, this was one that, like, instantly came up. So, I, I don't think I'm going to, it's going to be too much of a stretch to say this is one of all of our, uh, you know, favorite flicks of the 90s. I, mm-hmm. I don't think that's a stretch. Um, mm-hmm. Stars uh, uh, Jeff Bridges, John Goodman, um, Julianne Moore, uh, what, uh I uh, got Steve Buscemi. There's John Turturro. That's a great cast, and of course, it's, the, the, it's phenomenal. The, the Coen brothers directed it and wrote it, so you know you know it's quality shit. Uh, the synopsis on IMDb reads: Ultimate LA slacker Jeff the Dude Lebowski, mistaken for a millionaire of the same name, seeks restitution for a rug ruined by debt collectors. <laughs> that's that's a nice way of putting it. Enlisting his bowling buddies for help while trying to find the millionaire's missing wife. So. There we go. Big Lebowski is coming up next week on the Colt Corner. So we have a slightly different scale there, kind of like we do with Cannon Fodder and, you know, and, and even comparing it to the horror movie. So, like, the only other Colt Corner movie we've done, I believe, was The Warriors, right? Like, I think this is our first return. This is, yeah, this is the second, uh, because we started to, um, one thing that, uh, well, you, the listener, may not know is uh, instead of just kind of, 
randomly choosing and selecting, uh, we started to schedule these out. So we're in a rotation now uh, to where, you know, we have a horror movie and then, um, you know, we may have a spotlight or uh, um, and then it's it's more of a rotation. Yeah, we'll always we'll always do the horror reviews every two weeks. That's that's our bread and butter. That's what we've done since day one. And we will continue to do that. But in between, we're going to rotate between Spook Show Spotlights, Cannon Fodder, and uh, Cult Corner. And then, of course, we've got our stuff over on Patreon. It's kind of the you know little side hustle, so to speak. That's the bonus content. But yep. th- that's our main rotation. So now it's the it's the it's the uh, the wheel spins us back around the Colt Corner finally. So uh, and and like like he said and or alluded to there, it's going to be more regularity where you're going to see these Colt Corner and um, Cannon Fodders come into play. Mm-hmm. So that's what's coming up next week. And then uh, looking ahead to after that, episode 107, it's our next horror review. And Smoke, it's your choice. Um, I, I don't know if I'm putting you on the spotlight here or not. Now, you, you get to pick a new release because, you know, our old criteria of new or old is anything from 1999 back. New is from 2000 to present. And uh, in the rotation, it's your turn. And you get to pick a new movie. So if you've got one, you can go ahead. If not, you know, we can do it another time if you're not ready. But... Um, if you're ready to make make your choice, you can go ahead and announce it. Yeah, yeah, this is the one that uh, you know, and it's funny because it, it fell in my rotation as the new movie. I'm like, damn, new movie. Yeah, yeah, same here, <laughs> same here. <laughs> Just because you know, like my my forte and everything in my love is for these older horror movies and stuff. Doesn't mean that I hate new movies. Yeah, like like I think of a new one that's like, but then something instantly popped in my head. I'm like, this is one that may I know I think may may have mentioned it before on the podcast in the past some past episodes that. Oh, we need to do this one at some point. Maybe we'll do this one. So this is a good time for me to throw this one in here. And I don't know if any of y'all have seen this. I can't remember. Like I said, I'm pretty sure I mentioned it, but I don't know if y'all ever told me if you've seen it or not. But a uh, 2001 movie called Session 9. Session oh, nine. yes. I have seen it. That's yes. That That's a, yeah, great pick, Smoke. Mm. Yeah, that was the one that I, I, it had slipped my mind for a while, and I was I was trying. It took me a while to rack my brain. I'm thinking, what's what's a good new movie? I mean, there was plenty of titles that was that I was going over, mulling over, and whatnot. But then uh, then I landed on this one. I remembered, oh yeah, and then I had to look it up to make sure it was still actually a new movie and not 1999 because you know I couldn't remember the exact date. So and it did make it in 2001. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But have you seen it? I don't believe I have. I, I just I just looked it up here just to get a look at the uh, poster or anything so I can see if I have it. I don't think I have. But now that I've got it pulled up, like you said, it comes in, it come out, it came out. I'm sorry, it was released in 2001. But I'll go ahead and read the IMDb synopsis. Tensions rise within an asbestos cleaning crew as they work in an abandoned mental hospital with a horrific past that seems to be coming back. So yeah, that's yeah. It looks and sounds looking at the poster and it sounds interesting. So yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, you can actually you, know, you can stream it on um, uh, AMC Plus, uh, Amazon, and um, you know Prime Video, I guess. Huh. Um, but yeah, oh, that, that's something I forgot to check. If yeah. it was even available. So, yeah, yeah. It turns out you own you own the only VHS copy, so we we all have to borrow it from you. Yeah. Well, good. That that sounds awesome, man. Uh, mixing it up with something that uh, I, I'm pretty sure I haven't seen it. And I, yeah. I'm going to go out on a limb and say Will hasn't seen it. So, yeah, that that's, uh, sounds like a solid pick. Yeah, I do recall this one. Yeah, this was... How long has it been, Donnie? It's been a while. Uh, it's, been, it's been a few years. I, 
I've I've seen it once, and I I vividly remember this. I vividly remember this. Yeah. So there you go. That'll be coming up in two weeks here on the uh, on the podcast feed. But next week we've got episode 106, Cult Corner of the Big Lebowski. Before we get to session nine. So, and then don't forget uh, coming up. It, we'll talk more and more about this as now that we're entering the month of May here pretty soon, or next week I should say. Uh, we, we enter the month of May, and once we get through the month of May, probably mid-May, late May, we're going to start announcing uh, specific plans for what we've got going on this summer. We we, we mentioned it last week, so I, I'll mention it again. We're going to be doing Camp Spook Show, where everything we do throughout the summer is going to be summer camp-related, or you know, summer-related movies and themes and everything. That That's going to be the running running uh thing that will probably start towards the beginning of june if everything goes to plan i think we're we're aiming for uh episode 111 on june 6th to start that out so we'll we'll let you know more and more about the plans as we get closer but hey it'll be here before you know it man like i said next week we're in may and then all of a sudden a few episodes and then bam we'll be right in the heart of camp spook show so mm. go ahead and uh, saddle up and get ready so we got some uh, cool stuff planned uh, that will uh, that will kind of get us through the summer, and then of course we always start ramping up for the month of October because, you know, that's that's one of the main events that we have here is all horror all the time, especially once we get to October. So, yeah, big, big plans ahead, big plans. So, you don't want to miss a thing. And then of course go over to Patreon.com/slash/AspookShow for all the bonus content. Uh, go down the link tree in the show notes for all the other things. And uh, I guess that's it, guys. So for Will, who couldn't be with us, Donnie, the Professor Smoke, I'm Josh. We are the All-American Spook Show Podcast, and we will talk to you next week. And now, folks, it's time to say goodnight. We sincerely appreciate your patronage and hope we've succeeded in bringing you an enjoyable evening of entertainment. Please drive home carefully and come back again soon. Good night. <laughs>